0: Hey guys, welcome back to the of Podcast. Today we had the power couple, Nina Fashik, also known as Muslima Mindset, and Ali Abdo, ex-Olympic wrestler for Australia. They got to speak on their couple and their relationship and how they both thrive to achieve their goals. We got to speak about their marriage mentorship. We got to speak on how a Muslim should strive in a career, in a deen, in a family, in her goals. So many interesting topics. You guys are going to absolutely love this episode. Nina, mashallah, is a gun. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Remember to like, comment and subscribe and enjoy. Thank you. So obviously, if you got married nearly 10 years ago, um, did Ali's journey affect you in any way? Like with maybe him saying, you know, I, I wanted these goals and I achieved it, you can too. Did like, Ali inspire you to, not inspire you, but encourage you to chase your dreams as well?
1: Yeah, I think Ali's inspired me a lot without him realising yeah, he's been very supportive of everything that I've done so far, alhamdulillah. Um, you know, some things I think we've had to adjust along the way because you're going to try to, f- you know, find your feet, especially having a young family. Um, but alhamdulillah, no, mashallah, he's actually, with with his achievements, it's absolutely inspirational. And I'm like, I'm his biggest fan. <laughs> I'm his biggest fan, mashallah. Yes, you, have to be. you have to be the support. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If you,
0: if you go home and the person doesn't support you there, it's no. like, that's your other half.
1: Absolutely, yeah. right?
0: How about oh. um, early on, because obviously, we'll, I think we'll just touch on shortly your story, mm-hmm. just so people get to understand how you became Muslim mindset. Um, but more, then we'll touch on more like the questions you want to ask and yeah. the philosophy and mindset you have in a lot of things. But how did you go from just studying Islamic knowledge? I think you studied in, with Sheikh Shadi in Sydney? Yes. And then from there to becoming the Muslim mindset, what was the step to be like, I want to go spread knowledge Uh, From learning the knowledge to be like, okay, now I think there's a gap in the community to be able to uh, spread what I've learned, my experiences and stuff like that.
1: I I think the seed was planted with me when I first started uh, to seek Islamic knowledge, because what we know is that, you know, uh, once you have the knowledge, you also have, you know, almost an obligation to be spreading it, to be teaching it. Right. So, we know that on Judgment Day, I know on Judgment Day, I'm going to be asked what I did with my Islamic knowledge. And so for me, there's always been almost this, I guess, this weight on my shoulders to say, okay, Nina, one day, what, you, what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with all of it? Like, I literally fell in love. I went on this long journey, alhamdulillah, with this, with Islamic knowledge. And I know it's all a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But by the end of the day, I also know that I need to be putting it out there. And along the way, I've had like, you know, teachers or shughh that have kind of almost been like mentors that would like, you know, uh, get in contact every now and again. Like for instance, when um, after I had h- had my first child, Bilal, um, one of my teachers from Sydney, Sheikh Arif Shekert, he got in contact with me, just sent me a text saying, "Where are you at with your studies? Pull your socks up. When are you gonna When are you gonna finish that degree?" Right? And I'm like, "That's exactly what I needed at the time," because. Where my mindset was, was that I'm, oh my God, I'm drowning at the moment. How am I even going to? Maybe that can just take a back seat forever. Mm -hmm. I may not have ever pursued that, you know, had he not been like, okay, Nina. So I literally had to fix my mindset up going, hold on a second. Remember why you've learnt all this anyway, subhanAllah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, going down that track, um, we had three children, uh, pretty much one after the other. Because right, we got married a little bit later in life. And subhanAllah, uh, what really prompted me to start the Muslim mindset was a health scare. Okay, It was a health scare. SubhanAllah, I had, um, we had discovered that I had a large tumour in my liver. And for me, I just went, oh, wow, is this how I'm going to get taken out? Like, is this, is this the beginning of the end type of a thing, right? Alhamdulillah, so far, that's been fine. It hasn't been an issue. But it really... Uh, helped me see this whole uh, world in the limited time that we have. It's allowed me to place that in perspective and go, okay, well, you know what? Just take that step. And that's what I literally did. I went and I um, got myself a mentor. And I had this mentor for probably about uh, four weeks. And within those four weeks, I had realized that I learned a very valuable lesson. And this was through uh, running a charity campaign, right? It was put forward to me to uh, build a masjid in a third world country. And for me, I'm like, okay, this is great. This is actually part of my, it's in my bucket list. This is one thing I've always wanted to do, build a masjid in a third world country. And I thought to myself, how in the world am I going to raise $10,000 to get, I'm not the type of person to go and ask people for money, hey, collecting charity, whatnot, right? So then subhanAllah, I made the intention. I put it out there and within two weeks, I didn't have $10,000 for a masjid. I had $25,000 for a large masjid. Oh. And through that was such an, an immense lesson for me, subhanAllah. You make the intention and you step, take that step, and Allah will facilitate things for you. And so for me, I just went, okay, like, all right, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. So I literally went, brainstormed a whole bunch of names, and I came up with the Muslim mindset because my whole aim and my intention – Is targeting the Muslim woman, right? Subhanallah, and so um, and then off I off I went. Literally started with establishing an Instagram page, uh, putting out some uh, Islamic uh, quotes, Islamic knowledge. And then, you know, kind of went from there. You know, I started to run workshops. Um, I started to – I had I, done a women's only conference, which was amazing. The feedback was amazing. Inshallah, we're going to have one soon in the next few months. Oh. Um, and it's just kind of just uh, exploded. Like, you know, within, within the, a year, I literally managed to get um, – I think it was over. Within the year, I got, uh, you know, 12,000 followers and all of a sudden I'm invited everywhere. Um, and Subhanallah, um, yeah. like this is the work of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You know, I really I can't give myself credit for that. Mm-hmm. This was my intention, but He literally facilitated it all. And I'm very grateful for that. Very, very grateful for it. Subhanallah. Yeah. yeah so
0: I think I there think was actually a lot of points I wanted to break down. Yeah. Uh, the first thing you noted was when you were studying, you were thinking obviously like I have to spread this knowledge. And I think a lot of us maybe now because social media, we have a mindset where we want to learn to teach and our intention isn't for the pleasure of Allah, you know, to get closer to Allah. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we have to fight that intention like I want to spread this knowledge to maybe sound religious, look religious, Mm -hmm. get more popular. Um, I know you had a gap between your studies and actually posting so it's probably much easier for you Mm -hmm. Um, but what do you say to, you know, a lot of people that when they are studying that's their thought. Like I I want to learn something so I can spread it straight away. To get those...
1: I'm I'm still learning. I'm still a student of knowledge. I'm currently um, uh, trying to complete my Master's of Islamic Studies. And I I have the intention to continuously study. And the thing is, for me, I want to die as a student of knowledge. I would love that, right? And I'm not perfect, right? But the idea is that um, when you learn something... And you put it out there with the intention that I'm going to benefit others. I'm going to, I have the expectation that I'm going to get a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're onto it. There is nothing wrong with this. The issue is when your ego gets involved, this nafs, right? That we need to constantly discipline, subhanAllah. And that, uh, because riya riya is actually a, a disease of the heart. It's ostentation. Right, and this is incredibly damaging. This actually falls into shirk, a major sin, or the major sin, right? SubhanAllah, and that is associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm not here trying to gain the fame. The fame will likely be a byproduct of it, but subhanAllah, when you look, when you look back at like the great scholars and how they would literally run away from fame, even this scares you. Because the reality of the nafs... And this nafs alamara, it's going to keep popping up, keep trying to, keep trying to get you to go. Oh, this fa- this feels fantastic, right? And it's up to the believer to constantly, you know, rectify this intention. And you have to continuously do it because the scholars, when they speak about even the the, the nature of the heart and how it um it turns over an intention, they liken it to boiling water. This is how often your intentions turn around. So when you think about boiling water and how often this intention is, is changing in your heart, how often do you need to slap yourself back into line? You know, Is that
0: something you're consciously thinking of like, I'd love to benefit the community but not get too famous or popular for yep. something? Because yep. obviously with social media, you yep. can't control one video making you go from 10 to 100K followers yep. or whatever it is. Is yep. that something you're conscious of? Right. It's like, I don't want to get mm. so popular that my kids at school, all the they always hear, oh my God, that's, you know, Muslim Mindset's daughter yeah, or something yeah, like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my focus tends to stay on where can I get the biggest impact, right? And so for so, social media, the way that I view it, I view it as a tool and I view it as a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If I didn't have social media, I would likely be in small halakha groups where my impact would be likely about 10 women. So I've now moved from 10 women so potentially 3,000 women in one hit or 25,000 women in one hit. And for me, I look at that like this is a tool and there's something that I can use, not so much for the fame. Do you know what I mean? If, if, if my focus starts to be on fame, uh, I'm, in, I'm in deep water here, mm-hmm. right? And subhanAllah, even at that, all it takes for the person that actually falls into this, don't despair because all you need to do is repent and refocus, realign. Okay, because subhanAllah, one of the vices that's constantly working against us, other than this nafs, uh, nafs al amara that we have within us, the other vice is uh, you know, the, the devils. They don't stop, right? We're nothing new to them. I'm nothing unique to them. They've seen me thousands and thousands of times. They know how to hook you in, right? And subhanAllah, so the idea is that constantly trying to have this link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seek refuge in Him. I can't do it on my own. I can't. I can't go up against them on my own. It can't happen, subhanAllah. And there's a uh, one of the sayings of um, Imam al-Ghazali. He teaches us that, you know, when uh, the believer, they uh, recognize the waswasa, they recognize the waswasa, and then subhanAllah uh They seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the moment that this believer seeks refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expels these devils and then he has mercy on this servant. You think this all happens, all because you were mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you literally called out for him for help, Mm. right?
0: Subhanallah. I wanted to touch on now Ali because, you know, sometimes with. at least in, like I know with young people getting married One thing I speak about is like Not wanting my wife to be in the public eye And Allah Allah Maybe that's an insecurity Maybe that's something that I need to work on and Maybe we can touch on that When we chat more about um, uh, marriage uh, But that idea where Like the guy Like for example me I have a podcast But then my wife is like No, no, no Maybe you shouldn't have social media What's your thoughts and perspective on like your wife? Obviously she's doing it in the right way It's not like you know, some sisters are popular because they're just posting pictures of themselves in a, a certain way. But your wife's obviously spreading knowledge, and that's why she's popular. Um, What's your thoughts on that? Like, your wife being active on social media? This is a hard thing for you to accept? Look, I... uh I've
2: Good question. Because I... Me personally, I don't like social media. Yeah. Um, it comes with good, but it comes with bad, yeah? Um, so for me, I guess it was... Like yeah uh, we're, we're trying to be of people like people of value, you know, do good, uh so for me, it was like at first, I guess I had to wrestle with the idea, you know, um but I had to kind of just keep you know tell you know just keep saying that you know their purpose is to you know she has the knowledge, she's trying to spread the knowledge because it's no good kind of obtaining knowledge keeping it within yourself yeah so you know I mean yeah for me social media is yeah I haven't I, I'm not a big fan of it personally I'm quite old school you know um, even with the the things that I do at the moment like I'm not very active um,
0: but, uh, let me ask because of that do you keep up to date with your wife's content or do you kind of just let her do her thing no no I, I like
2: obviously no no I, I kind of I come across it, I, you know, watch it, um, you know, I, like I say, I'm not, I'm not very heavy on the social media, so I'm not there always just, you know, yeah. scrolling and looking out for the next post, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, look, I think it, trust is a big thing, yeah, so Alhamdulillah, I think that, uh, that gives you, um, uh, you know, uh, more comfort, uh, and, mashallah, she's wise enough, she uses it for the right reasons, you know, she's, uh, you know, like like you mentioned earlier, you know you, sh- you know, you got people there trying to gather followers because they're always posting themselves or posting every little thing they do throughout the day. You know, it I'm not for that.
0: It's a very you important know? thing for like being well known is one thing, but it's why you're well known. Yeah, that's you right. Know, like if you're like Sheikh Bilal and you're well known, it's it's only khair It's but only if, khair That's but exactly. But if you're right. like someone else, you know what I mean, like yeah, some yeah. singer, and you're in the community, it's not a benefit. And this
2: and this is the discussion because I told I told Nina that this is. The the field you're in is much needed, and there's no one within this domain, especially even within Melbourne,
0: not yeah? even sh- Australia even like, probably. But even like overseas, no, I know there's a yeah, lot of brothers the, that do it, but not sisters. The sisters
2: you can count them on probably one hand.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know.
2: But mashallah, and there's some sisters that you r- like, the ones that are there's a few that are doing it, and mashallah, they they're very well respected because they're very well presented. Mm. Like they 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 saf- safeguard themselves. They All they're doing is sharing knowledge. Um, Not trying to drum up followers by doing...
0: Trivial stuff. Trivial stuff. Or uh, things that can get views. It's not for views, you can uh, see Yeah,
2: exactly. I'm not like, for me, I guess, I've got a lot of, say, IP when it comes to, say, wrestling, or even within my osteopathy field. For me, I have to be on social media for that. I don't do it. I'm still programmed. Mm. I'm kind of a bit ancient when it comes to that. I have to break that barrier. Mm. And that's, you know, um, but look, I think my wife's got the, the gift, when she's presenting, um, and I think she's doing a great job. Um, as long as you know we're always keeping our intention in check, because we're always going to be challenged. Um, I think that's that's the key. You know? How
0: about for your wife, like going to events? Because yep. obviously she gets uh, requested maybe go to a mosque. Some. Maybe majority are sisters only events. I'm not too sure exactly.
2: That's the whole purpose of her <laughs> brand. It's a sisters. It's a, it's a it's for the sisters. If you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And we're just gonna,
2: yeah. So, um, which is better it, though? It's
1: it, subhanallah. Well, that's the thing. I remember when we um, when I was actually building the Muslim mindset, I would consult Ali a lot within it, and then subhanallah, I, I landed on the Muslima mindset right. Sp- because I aimed at Muslim women and I am aiming at youth as well. But um, subhanAllah, you know, I've had uh, recently a lot of imams actually say why don't you change it to the Muslim mindset because you're, uh, you're, you're very appealing, your content's very appealing to both genders. And subhanallah, it kind of goes against what we, en- we were initially comfortable with, subhanallah. But look, I, I do get a, invited to do a lot of mixed events. Um, I do them occasionally. I'm very selective of what I take. Um, but at the same time, I also like to voice that, you know, it's, it's not something that I kind of want to be doing. I kind of just feel like um, because there's the benefit there, I know my husband gets a little bit uncomfortable with it. And so then that makes me feel uncomfortable to do it if that makes sense. Yeah, I think yeah. there's
0: enough um, individuals, like even a lot of the sheikhs that go around giving speeches, mm-hmm. a lot of times they touch on like perseverance or even mindset, or even from the Islamic perspective. And then we have the comfortability to ask questions mm-hmm. like specific to males. Yeah. And sisters need that opportunity as much as they can for sisters-only events. It's just comfortability. Absolutely. It's to look at someone and be like, she's one of us. Yeah. And if, either, if every time there's an event, if, a, if there's a male speaker, it's not the same. Yep. Um, on the Muslim mindset, uh, have you read the book, firstly? The, yeah. There's the Ideal Muslim, Ideal Muslim. Oh, those are. ones. Have yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes, and Maybe we'll my touch library at home. <laughs> uh, what's your thoughts yeah, we'll on um, maybe either of those if you've read? Or like, uh, you
1: know, honestly, uh, I uh, probably read them about 15 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Long time about ago. about long, yeah. long, long time That's ago. Fine. Long, yeah. long time ago. So what I, I try to appeal to, um, I, I don't like to say this, but, you know, uh, the, the modern woman. You know, our 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 kind of day woman, subhanAllah. Mm. And that I like to show women that I myself am not perfect. I come with my own struggles. I have my own struggles, right? But that doesn't mean that we don't try to strive and live with this Ihsan. And a lot of women don't even know what Ihsan is, right? SubhanAllah, you know, it's to, to lead a life where you are mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the extent where you know He is watching you right subhanallah so um that's my whole aim and that is my intention inshallah moving forward
0: yeah. i think um because obviously with any book there's good bad depending on when you read it in your time of life yeah. but the ideal Muslim was written by a male mm. that's one thing that's like even just interesting like it's not a problem with that there's a yeah. lot of books um that can be written uh, in that kind of way but just that idea it's like if a sister could write that book maybe it would be a interesting uh, read a absolutely. lot of young people, absolutely. maybe that can be further down in the journey. Yes, absolutely. Okay, uh, I'd love to touch on the Muslim mindset. So when you think of Muslim mindset, there's so many different things you want to teach. Mm-hmm. When you go to uh, Islamic societies or conferences or events, they ask you, do they allow you to ask, pick a topic or do you, uh, they pick a topic for you?
1: Um, no, they allow me to pick topics, but they also, uh, sometimes I'm open to some su- suggestions and so they would, um, put forward a few ideas and yeah, okay. kind of run with
0: it. I just want, yeah. uh, okay. That's interesting to know. Yeah. Um, what are the main, um, like, do you normally have like a topic that you kind of repeat depending on the, um, age group? Like, is there specific principles um, or, uh, mindsets that you like to teach or yeah. does it always change?
1: Yeah. So, uh, the crux of literally what I teach and I try to reinforce it in every single um, you know, lesson that I would uh, facil- facilitate uh, would be uh, to live with this ihsan, to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your daily actions, in every single intention, Right the way that we are built as human beings, you know, we all wear very different hats and everyone's life is very different to the next person. But, you know, uh, just as you can earn your jannah, I can earn my jannah, right? And it doesn't mean that 90% of my day needs to be in worship, like as in, in, in salah, for instance, okay? In that through my intentions, I can literally earn my jannah, right? Through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course. How
0: about when, because now you're looking at it and... You the Ihsan principle, mm-hmm. you want to strive for excellence in everything you do. Yeah. But the real question that a lot of maybe we'll say young females have to ask themselves is like, what is it that I should be doing mm-hmm. to then strive for excellence in? Yep. Is it because even the career, there's mm-hmm. a lot of mindsets. So it's like you can, there's a lot of sisters that like may Allah, uh reward their families, they allow them to study, mm-hmm. but then when they finish studying, they don't allow them to work. And that's that's the thing that like they get married and they're like no there's no need for you to work your yep. husband can provide for you yep. and there's a lot of times where even studying Islamic studies is not made easy for them yeah yep. you know leaving the house working yeah uh, marrying outside the culture yeah w- when you push these sisters to strive for excellence are you also telling them to they should be you know striving for their goals is a career yeah what's the balanced approach that you kind of give it, for them it comes
1: down to the individual sister I mean look subhanallah um. I really am, I'm really, a big believer that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, facilitates everything in our life. All of our opportunities are given to us by Him. Nothing's haphazard, nothing in our day, subhanAllah. And what we find is that, you know, I think a lot of sisters are just looking for one particular path. But the truth is that you can literally go off and find any, um, any particular career that is halal, that is halal for you to do, right? You have this career, and that you are mindfully pursuing this, wanting to be this khalifa that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, talks about in the Quran, right? He tells the angels, اني fil ardi Khalifa." Right? خَلِفَةِ I'm going to place a vicegerency on this earth. So this is a role that us, us Muslims, we need to be playing here on this earth, right? And subhanAllah, I, I believe it comes back to this. Because when you look at the definition, or one of the definitions of khalifa, it's to, be, um, uh, to represent Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy on this earth. So you can do this by simply being a daughter, by being a neighbour, by you know, um, giving people their rights, giving the animals their rights, giving the environment their rights. So there's not one particular path. It's about your life. What do you enjoy doing? What, what do you feel is kind of calling you? you know, in terms of your career, in terms of your studies, subhanAllah. So there's so many different avenues. Um, and you, know, you can attain ihsan in all of it, provided that it's halal provided that it's within the boundaries of the sharia, right? And I'll remind you that, you know, the the sharia is all based upon pillars that are there to uh, protect the individual, protect the society, protect the community, protect, you know, um, the economy, protect the environment, subhanAllah.
0: How about for sisters, like, because I think one thing you're pushing as well is to get like a basic foundation in Islamic studies. That's something you've been pushing. Is that a mindset? Uh, like
1: yes, absolutely humbly, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, where
0: and how should sisters derive the innate value from? because sometimes it, the value is judged on the external mm-hmm. you know like if someone thinks I'm good at something then that means I'm good at it you know, and or my family my family's perspectives and um, idea of what my strengths are is who I am mm-hmm. but then when you can derive it from internally, the external world can't affect it it's a so life. how do you try to or how do you push a, a mindset for sisters to derive their value from because those titles like i'm a good mother like, yep. and yep. their mothers fight that a lot it's like am um, i a good or bad mum? so yep. how would you push that mindset yeah
1: so just touching on self-worth when you dive into the islamic sciences we we've very quickly made aware of the fact that we have these vices working against us. You've got this shioteen that don't stop, like I mentioned before. You know, it, it, we're nothing new to them. Nina's nothing new to them. They've seen me countless times. They have the capacity to run through someone's veins, right? And their primary goal is to make to pretty much debilitate you through anxiety, depression. Look at self-worth these days. Look at how much of an epidemic it is, right? SubhanAllah. So I believe that, you know, when it comes down to... Um, Really uh, trying to see where your worth is at, the only place you will really find it that is haq, that is truth, is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Being a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being the, crea- the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and taking a look at the status that He's given us believers, right? So when a woman can honor this within herself, she will fly in every single direction in her life. Let it be career, let it be relationships right? It's so a panel every single direction in her life.
0: How about um, within the household? Because a lot of times it's, um, when you get married, there's a, there's an ego side to things. Mm. Like as a man, it's like, I, I, I'm not going to cook. Or when uh, males, you know, like we have kids, the, have kids on the way, it's like, I'm never going to change the diapers. My dad never did that. Yeah. And you just hear these some statements that you're like, how can you even think like that? But that's a lot of the mindsets that yeah. maybe even sisters, like, oh, I used to always cook and clean at home because my brothers never did anything. When I get to my new house, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. And you might hear that quite often. I'm not yeah. too sure. Uh, what's, do you kind of speak to people when they're trying to develop this mindset with going into getting married? Yep. Like this, the ego that's like, no, I don't want to do that. Yep. And then also the ability to sacrifice for the greater good, for your family and stuff yes, like that.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, al- always comes back to your purpose. Why are you here? What are you truly living for? If you ask yourself this question, really, what am I truly living for? And for the believer, we know that uh, death in this world is not the end. It's really only the beginning, subhanAllah, of, of a very, very long journey, subhanAllah. And once, I believe, once a, a Muslim or a Muslima, um can really come to terms with this, with certainty... I believe their whole mindset will change. Because subhanAllah, you know, uh, mindset, as a, when we look at the definition of a mindset, it is uh, the beliefs that govern your thinking. So if me as a believer, if I know that, hey, I'm going to be accountable, hey, I'm here for a li- limited time, and whatever I do in this time is literally going to determine what comes after it, I'm really going to pull my socks up, mm-hmm. Right. Because by the end of the day, it's only me. I'm the one that's going to be accountable. And so that's gonna, that belief is going to govern my thinking. So now, when I look at housework, for instance, when I look at you know taking care of my husband or taking care of my children, for me, this is now going, okay, this is charity. This is considered charity. This is going into my ekhara, hasene bank. You know what I mean? So it, it all comes back to that. I believe it's really refining that belief and solidifying this belief. In your mind, and to panelize believers, we all need the, these reminders. We all need these reminders.
0: Is that a thing of gender roles that you kind of uh, get a lot of questions about? Because I know a lot of your audience is young sisters. When you go to Islamic societies, when you go to a lot of your events, is that a big um, question for a lot of them? Like,
1: um, no, not necessarily. No, no, okay. no. That's I. Um, how,
0: yeah. how about sisters like role models? Because sometimes us guys, like like speaking with Ali before, when you're when you're multifaceted, when you have multiple different interests, it's sometimes hard to find a role model that um, has the same mindset as you. It's like a lot of times they might have the Islamic, but they don't have the – they're a bit overweight. And it's like, oh, I don't take my health from him. Or then he has a good mindset, but then he's something else. You know, his family, you know, he doesn't have a family, he's not married. It's like it's hard to find someone that is so similar to you. When sisters say – Who should I look up to as role models? What's the answers you give?
1: Yep. So, look, I I don't actually get that. I don't get that. Who should I look up to as a role model? I get sisters, mashallah, that actually see me as a role model, which flatters me completely and it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But when we look at role models these days, I don't believe anyone will really fit the bill. Because you're gonna take something from uh, Fatma, you'll take something from uh, Khadija, you'll take something from you know Asya, you'll take something from everyone. And subhanallah, like you know, everyone is so unique in what their expect what their expectations are of you know the good life and 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 whatnot. Subhanallah. So um, I believe myself, um, and this is why I don't have you know one solid mentor. Is that I believe that I can literally learn off so many different women and I take the good off so many different women, you know, it doesn't need, I don't need to limit myself. Why would I limit myself to one role model? You know what I mean?
0: How important is having a mentor?
1: Um, I believe it is important, but I don't believe it's uh, the be end and end all, you know, uh, subhanAllah. I just, um, I think for, starting out a mentor is really great really helpful especially when you want to figure out where you want to go and then once you kind of are taking those steps on your road to panala, you know your your mentors will kind of change and you don't necessarily have to even call them mentors you know there could be people that you just check in every now and again for advice you know what i mean these people with wisdom and you know one thing that i really do like to um, champion is you know there's a two there's a two-part process it's it's a framework um, that everyone should be using when it comes to seeking advice. And that is one, uh, istish- uh, istikhara, that is seeking uh, the counsel of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then it's istishara, and that is uh, going and asking those people that you think may know, these people of wisdom, right, to, to gain that kind of advice. And subhanAllah, it will differ from person to person. So I don't necessarily believe in going just to one, one person, one mentor, yeah, that's that's not for me. No. <laughs> yeah.
3: And in terms of that, like you looking out for different people, because I admire that a lot. Um, even for myself, I don't really look for one specific person because it's not realistic as well. Mm. For so, for example, someone can look at me for one aspect, but they're not for all because maybe I don't have it all for what they're looking for. Um, how is it for you in terms of balancing these things in your life? So, if, let's say, for example, career and then with family and health. How is it with you balancing? And how do you work towards getting the right amount?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not, we spoke about this earlier, I'm not a fan of the word balance, just like Ali subhanAllah, because I find like, um, you know, y- as a Muslim, you want to give things their right, okay? And so um, each day things can look a little bit different. You know, I could have a day where, you know, my child needs, um, you know, uh, a whole lot of my time, I can have a day where I literally spend, when my kids are at school, I will spend most of my day actually immersed in my studies. Or I can have a day where I'm like, you know, um, or a few days where I'm like, okay, no, I need to take care of my physical, I'm, I'm hitting the gym. This is, this is going to take the importance today. There's other days where it's like meal planning, prepping, all that stuff, subhanAllah. So I guess for me, it's really just uh, constantly checking in with myself. Am I giving things their rights? Am I giving my husband his rights? I, am I giving my children their rights, subhanAllah?
0: So yeah. you, you, the idea of balance is not a thing that you both try to have in the household. It's like you, have to, you understand that every week might be different.
1: Yeah, and look, you know, we, we check in with each other a lot and we work very well together, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah right? Um, so checking in is very important with your spouse, having that open communication. If something feels a little bit off, you know, maybe have that discussion but at a time that is appropriate, you know, not at a time where it's like, you know, I'm immersed in something or he's completely immersed in something. You've got to find these right moments, right, Right. subhanAllah.
3: So also, like, I like how you said that you guys check in often. Mm -hmm. I admire that a lot. I think, what about in terms of, like, with parents? Checking in because obviously you don't want to bring these things up as well with your parents because maybe they're not comfortable if you're bringing it up. You're not saying the words check in, but you're kind of being too forward sometimes with certain parents they can maybe make it a bit awkward or they overthink about the situation right. how is it in terms of like yourself or people you know that you deal with their relationship with, with their parents over time
1: um, well it's interesting subhanAllah our parents have some pretty big rights on us in Islam we know that right um, and look it, it's very important to check in um, you know irrespective of currently what your relationship is like um, you know, we've got lots and lots of people coming out now saying, you know, uh, my, I don't have a great relationship with my mother, I don't have a great relationship with my father, um, you know, they treated me so badly and they keep abusing me or whatnot, you know, can I cut these ties and the simple answer is no, you cannot cut ties Um, but, you know, what it comes back to is you maintaining, maintaining this Islamic character and doing what's right by God, you know, giving people their right. So it's of your parents' rights that you actually do check in on them. You can still place boundaries. You can absolutely do this, subhanAllah, but, you know, healthy boundaries without breaking their heart. And, you know, it takes a level of emotional intelligence to be able to kind of do this as well. You know what I mean? And then finding those right times uh, where you can, you know, um, I guess maybe uh, have particular conversations with your parents or when, you know, it's it's not the right time. Mm. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I find it interesting, like, not just with myself, but I noticed even speaking to my friends recently because they're married as well. But then it's gotten to a stage where um, obviously the kids get older, the kids get married, they move outside the house, and then they're looking for... They're they're yearning more for like spending quality time with their kids but then as well they're still at the same time creating their own life. So it's like finding that balance or that middle ground is not as easy, I assume. Like I still have a home, but then yep. I'm yep. still seeing the next chapter and what it could be yes yes,
1: absolutely absolutely you know sometimes I I think it's it's a matter of sitting down with your actual spouse and trying to um, see what's going to work for you guys as a family and try to come to some type of uh, of arrangement you know for some couples they say okay well Sunday's family day and we're literally going to both go and check in on, on our parents you know and the parents are then made aware of this they know this there's an expectation and so then there is no reason to feel that guilt during the week obviously still you know call and check in on them but this works for some couples and I think you know the way that we're living today with you know both couples working and whatnot um, it's a really great solution to be able to carve out some time for them. Mm -hmm. How does
0: the balance uh, work with goal setting because sometimes you when you're when you're focused on one major goal your life goes out of balance but then sometimes you're just going from the next goal to the next goal to the next goal and it's not really like you know one month out of every four months I'm out of whack. Every month, when you just keep going towards a bigger goal, things only get busier. Yep. How do you kind of like try to set a standard where it's like, okay, most weeks we try to keep it calm and yep. then there's busier periods? Like, do you guys yeah, kind of yeah, speak yeah. about that? Like, yeah.
1: I, I feel like I went through a phase like that where I was literally uh, kicking a lot of goals for the Muslim mindset and I was really, really, really busy, subhanAllah. And one thing that I found uh, that really helped me a lot was. Um, You know, where was my focus at? What was my intention? And these are the things a lot of the times people don't tend to think about. You know, our Prophet, he said, whoever focuses on the hereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he places a contentment in his heart. He rectifies all of his affairs, and the dunya inevitably comes to him, right? So when you factor this in, subhanAllah, when I look back and I reflect on that time, I say, my focus was on my hereafter. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literally took care of my dunya. He took care of my dunya. Even to the point where I remember once um, Ali noticed how busy I was, right? And he'd say to me every now and again, you know, the kids, the kids, are the kids falling short? And the, alhamdulillah, the kids weren't falling short, right? Until one night, I remember I was exhausted. I put them to bed. We tend to get them into bed just before Seven. Got, got them into bed and my girl said, mum, can you um, lay with us for a little bit? I said, yeah, okay, I could do that. So I got into bed and I was exhausted. I fell asleep. And I wake up to uh, my five-year-old girl teaching my three-year-old girl how to uh, recite of the and, and for me, I just went, you know, that's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Right. And that for me was my answer. It was at a time where I was really questioning myself because Ali was questioning me. And subhanAllah, it's just like for me, I'm like, you know, when you really focus on your hereafter, if whatever you're doing in the dunya is for your hereafter and, e- and almost everything can be, he takes care of it. He takes care of it, subhanAllah.
0: How do you question each other without going too far? You know what I mean? Like the other person can easily get offended Because you know You understand that It's a busier period It's like And you kind of say You know It's busy at work Family stress How do you kind of like I think there's got to be priority
2: You know You're prioritised This is my opinion You know I'm the breadwinner i got to Support i got to You know like Do my hours at work You come home There needs to be There needs to be A buffer period Where you just A sense of calmness Mm. Yeah Absolutely Um, and uh I think that's really important because you know work hasn't finished. You know, you got you gotta give time to what's really important. Yeah. So the kids, the kids need kids need presence. Physical presence, not 100%. gifts. Absolutely. Yeah. And obviously you've got to give a hut to the wife as well. So, you know, um for me the priority, the, I and I said this to Nina from Day Dot, the the priority, I don't need you to work. And I said this to her. I said, if I have to work two jobs to support, I'll do two jobs. I don't need you to work.
1: I was like, "Where's the paper to sign?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh so, gosh, uh, I so like and, and
2: so <laughs> was like, "For me, the priority is raising the kids. If her work blows up to the point where there's neglect in the household and the kids, put that aside. I don't, I don't me personally, I don't need it. Yeah. My kids are a, a, a manner, yeah, so." you know and we know i don't know if this is an islamic teaching or mm-hmm. or in arabic culture it's as the madrasa the mother is this the school of the you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. so and not to say that the father doesn't have a role you know but this is my priority mm. you know and obviously there's going to this this time there's windows where she can do her work yeah you know especially now the the under 7 and under they they need the mother yeah, they need, they need the parents
0: yeah, you know? after that they're in school they once can, they yeah. get
2: to school she's she's, she's not going to know what to do with her time yeah but I'm sure she'll be productive mm. you know mm. there's a, there's a lot of work to do theres there, there is we're, a lot we're of here work to we're, we're things here things for a purpose yeah. you know there's no there's no you know yes you, you socialize here and there but I'm not having a uh, like a superior or a morning I don't you know coffee every morning <laughs> at my house <laughs> or, so, you know mm. there, we're only here for a short time
0: how do you guys find um how do you guys push each other for excellence. Because sometimes, like, you know, if uh, we we'll say we'll say Nina's having a bad day, it's hard to motivate the other person to be like, you know, like, you know, get Keep up pushing. off the couch. yeah. Keep like, pushed. you know, your sheikh said at the start, like, he pushed you. Mm. It's like, yeah. even that mindset, like, there's not a lot of, I'll say, like, my sisters and my mum don't get pushed like that. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, don't be lazy, let's go. And then it's yeah. like, nah, it there, there has to be yeah. internal motivation. So how do you both balance, and, uh, how do you both motivate each other Achieve each other's goals because you have to hold each other accountable. Hundred percent. I, I
1: think we're kind of self-motivated though. Like I don't yeah. look to him to get my motivation, and he doesn't look to me. We're both like, are we feel, are we fulfilling each other's rights? Because we're both accountable. He knows he's accountable for looking after me, for instance. I know I'm accountable to being this obedient wife, subhanAllah. And this is why we do check in. This is why we do, and and, and we do it often. Like, and we do it in in such a way. I don't know. It just becomes very um. It just seems very natural mm. just to see once you how know, it's doing. Yeah, once you yeah. know
2: your role in the relationship, mm. you know. Um,
0: Is I, that I something that's always been there? Because obviously now you're a bit older mm. and, you know, more mature. You've been married yeah. 10 years. But for those people that, you know, you give marriage advice to the first yeah. couple of years, yeah. how do they set that standard?
1: So, you know, when, <laughs> we, when we got engaged, or when we met each other.
0: Hola
3: chicos, como están? Okay, now i got your attention. Pause the video. If you haven't subscribed, click the subscribe button and enjoy the rest of the video.
1: Um, we were just like, no BS. Everything on the table, we were over it. He met like half of Melbourne. I met half of Sydney. We were just like, <laughs> just, just what is it? Come on, <laughs> like, you know. So we kind of just didn't hold back. He said his expectations. I said mine. we were like, brilliant. And then we would just fire off questions. It wasn't like... I actually walked into it by myself, yeah. <laughs> no, no parents, no mucking around. Just <laughs> and
0: I love. Can that. you give us some examples of like maybe but some questions? of those questions that were important that really yeah. set the standard? Or even,
1: like
2: Dean was the first question. Okay. Obviously, do you pray? I mean, I had some background knowledge of who she was, so for me, that's what kind of that's where I, my interest, you know, was gained. So, um, so uh, Dean is 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 like your concrete slab. Yeah, And that's Achla,
1: you can tend to pick this yes. up with yeah. someone like, you know, through by sitting with them. And yeah, through yeah. conversation. Um, right. But also another way that um, I got a lot of insight into Ali's mind was, you know, I established this game with him called What If? And I used to give him random scenarios to be like, you know, what if, you know, one day I came home and X, Y and Z. And then he would just tell me. And because it was just a random scenario, he would literally tell me how it was. Then he'd ask me, a question and we really got to know each other through this subhanallah and also you know just basically asking what does your perfect life look like at home when you're married what does that look like in your ideal world what does it look like you know Do you think
0: this so do you think this mindset and ability to ask questions the no bs happened because you guys also got married earlier later yeah later i was yes. oh, so yeah. later like yeah. a 19 year old and a 20 year old no a different yeah. wavelength
2: and diff- also,
1: you, you don't confident in who you are at that age. Yeah. yeah.
2: I was like, oh, without b- boasting, like, I was, I know what I was bringing to the table. Yeah. I know who I am. Um, and, uh, you know, what you see is what you get. Yep.
0: Yeah. That, uh, that, that comes with age. And most 29 year olds aren't no, that no, confident in correct. Themself. 100%. Yeah. And,
2: you know, it's, and subhanAllah, you know, it's uh, every, uh, what do they say? Uh, every, every delay, there's, there's goodness in it. So, uh, alhamdulillah.
0: Is now with, because now you guys help mar- uh, give advice to young married couples, marriage counselling, do you...
1: Marriage mentoring. Marriage mentoring.
0: Men- okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, marriage mentoring. Yeah. Is there a thing where you s- tell people, like, it's not bad getting married later on? Because sometimes people think, like, oh, I'm, like, for example, Ali, uh, he's like, oh, you know, like, if I don't get married now, in the next two years, it might be like getting a bit late yeah like you so how old are you I'm Ali?
3: 26 now 26 and of course you go through phases where it's like I want to get married I want to get married and then you can in those phases you think to yourself like oh, okay I'm getting to a certain age and all these thoughts are getting in your mind
2: I was 33 when I got married not Shall typical Allah. for a Lebanese yeah, way, pa- past exp- way past the way past due date. give me <laughs> time to <laughs> breathe that's good bro appreciate it you know it's uh, I know what I wanted and I wasn't willing to to um, what's the word I'm looking for sacrifice sacrifice you, yeah. know? Um, I, 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 you know Interesting You d- know I did try And I did get to know Other sisters yeah But Subhanallah It was like That sense of comfort Never arrived yeah. So would
0: you encourage people To keep looking I enc- Of course Because that's something yeah, where Some course. people are like You've got to strive It's like any
2: goal mm. Yeah any goal you set Yeah You know and, and I say this Without like Making it sound like a commodity But this is an investment This is a lifelong investment yeah, so um, you know, it's 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 not always going to be yeah, it's
3: skyrocketing. True. Like I've ha- I've had my like situations as well where I thought to myself, oh, like you know, this isn't that bad. You know, I can I can live with this because in the moment as well, like emotions start to come in and also excite general excitement yes. because it's pretty natural to get excited about marriage, what night. But then when I think I give it time, then I think about it like, hang on, maybe not. Maybe this isn't the best situation, maybe I need some more time, or even keep looking per se
2: I say Allah Allah knows when the right time is yeah, yeah? so as long as you're doing your part
1: and Allah's always on time yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that yeah, that's yeah. a good one yeah. Right.
0: yeah so with your marriage mentorship what um, what are the main things people come to you guys for oh, not so me so
1: it's not just me. it's just, uh, just uh, yeah you're yeah. yeah. like the uh, next uh, po- yeah. my next podcast <laughs> <the> next <laughs> <you'll> podcast like, <laughs> all the boys are calling cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Um, there's a very big emphasis on you know, communication um, and uh, conflict resolution and conflict management. Uh, there's a very big emphasis on um, really knowing yourself as a couple right? Knowing yourselves individually and then knowing yourselves as a couple. And there is this assessment that you actually uh, go through. It's about 30 minutes worth of all of these very um, intricate questions um, that will spit out this report that will make you go, oh, wow. (laughs) So uh, subhanAllah, um, the mentorship program probably takes only about four sessions um, and it's pretty much based on uh, the needs of um, the mentees, Right, so it could be a young couple that are either just engaged or they've been up to seven years married. And so what, what the aim is that we teach them the prophetic, um, the prophetic uh, way of marriage and that happens through an online course and then you get four sessions with myself that goes through um, how you are as a couple and um, really trying to teach you the tools on how to make this a successful relationship.
0: Interesting, okay. And for young couples, do you see there's a lot of um, issues with like when there's interracial? Because now that's very common in our community with interracial marriages. Is that a thing where there's... a lot of misunderstandings of how the marriage is going to work. Yes, absolutely. Do you see Th- that a lot? That can
1: happen, yes, okay. absolutely. And subhanAllah, you know, part of this program is actually trying uh, is trying to uh, learn more about your families and your family history and the family background, right? SubhanAllah, even like when it comes to you know attachment styles and whatnot. So then once you have this intel, you have a better understanding of who your partner is and what their family is like and, and how to kind of uh, deal with that. And then, you know, the communication tool kind of help you through that as well, you know, navigate that.
0: Beautiful. Uh, Maybe I'll touch on uh, a couple more questions I wanted to go through. I asked before the podcast about um, if you had the potential to run a curriculum for a group of girls, we'll say Mm. like uh, maybe just just finished high school, like that age group, you could run a curriculum for a 12-month course. What would you uh, prioritise in that curriculum for young sisters?
1: I'd go... One of two ways, or maybe incorporate these two, I would teach them emotional intelligence or I'll try to teach them emotional intelligence, right? And emotional intelligence is about, um, I guess, uh, trying to read the room, trying to learn the emotions of, of the person that you're dealing with, right? So you can be more of an influence. You can have more impact, right? Have better relationships. That's one thing I believe needs to be taught, right? You know, how to have empathy, Subhanallah. A lot of these days, you, you don't see, an empathy is something that's actually taught, Subhanallah. And our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he had emotional intelligence, and you look at the success that he had, Subhanallah. You know, it, when is it came there maybe,
0: to, is there maybe like a book or podcast or a way people can learn more about emotional intelligence that you might recommend?
1: Um, Do you have
0: videos on it on your own account. I've Sometimes I've people just say, I have yeah. emotional intelligence, but they haven't yeah. really assessed. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, I actually put together um, like a short course and I had run that with, I think it was Isra at the time, with Sheikh uh, Wasama. Um so, there are a few different resources, a few different resources, but you know, generally, just look up emotional intelligence. You'll be able to see a lot of resources there, and a lot of them would be on the money as well. There's one, um, there's one by, I think his name is Sheikh Mikhail.
0: Mikhail Ahmed Smith. That's the one. That one, yes. with the heart in mind. Yes. Yeah.
1: That's a good one, too. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm really bad with names. That's okay. Alhamdulillah. Um, but alhamdulillah. So, that's
0: number one emotional yeah. intelligence. So, it'd be
1: emotional intelligence. But also I'd love to fuse that with, um, you know, purpose, being a purposeful in- individual and really teaching um, uh, the, the young woman about, you know, I guess setting out or having this trajectory of her life, what does this look like for her, but keeping in mind uh, this long journey we have of the hereafter and not just be frivolous in your decisions, right, just to be very um, almost calculated in, in the things that you, uh, I guess, go for or pursue, right? Because once we learn what our purpose is, is here in this dunya and we learn about the long journey we have ahead of us, things really change up in terms of what you end up selecting for yourself and what you don't, right? Because everything, essentially every single decision is going to have a big impact.
0: Yeah. How do you guide people to find their purpose? Because even you, you might say, Muslim mindset, I feel like this is why I was here but you only started this journey maybe 15 years after high school mm. or 10 years after high school. There's a bit of a gap. And yep. a lot of times people finish high school and they're 21 and they're like, what's my purpose? I don't know. But they only really find out maybe later on.
1: SubhanAllah. Look, I believe nothing is haphazard. And I believed I started my journey uh, in high school. And yeah. I myself, I was very up and down, I work with youth because I realise of how much a, a, of a hard time being a youth is, right? With battling all your hormones and the rebellion and whatnot, right? I, I put my, my parents through quite a bit, <laughs> subhanAllah. And I believe that, you know, all of that, there were so many lessons I had to learn. Like, you know, I was very corporate driven. was v- very, very driven, subhanAllah. I myself hated hijab. I didn't want a bar of it, right? SubhanAllah. And, you know... Throughout all of these lessons that I've learned, throughout that particular journey, I look back and I say everything that I went through is is to be utilized within the Muslim mindset. That wasn't haphazard, right? And you know, we obviously look back and you repent, but I'm so grateful for my journey because subhanAllah all of the ups and downs, all of the trials, all the lessons, and I didn't particularly have it easy. Like, my father passed away as soon as I got out of high school. Like, it was really hard. I felt like my, my security left. I have to work, you know, I had to put uni on hold. And it was just, you know, dealing with life. And I feel like I'm just fresh out of high school, subhanAllah. Mm. But, you know, all of these things, I look back and I go, um, this was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guiding me to this. And in the very same way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is guiding every single individual in their own journey. Right, everyone has their own journey, Subhanallah. But the, I guess, the crux of it is that how do we connect? How do we connect back to Him? And this is what life's journey is all about—just mm-hmm. coming back to Him. Inna Lillahi wa inna ilaihi rajiun, right? And that's exactly what he said once you actually leave this earth, Subhanallah. Mm-hmm. So it's all about connecting. Ha,
0: what do you say to um, the sisters who are very career-driven, like you were in your twenties? Yeah, because I've read there's so many studies on people that delay marriage and delay having kids to focus on their career. And then later on, unfortunately, they don't have kids, don't have that family, and they end up... I uh, will say some of yeah. them end up not as happy. And they're like, I wish I didn't focus as much on my career. Mm. And I wish I focused on starting a family.
1: Yeah, so panellists. Look, sometimes I question whether or not this was the full intention of, of the girls that are focusing on their career. Like for me, for instance, when I look back and I was very focused on my career, but I was very open to marriage at the same time. I just wasn't meeting the right person. And so what did I have in front of me? I had my career to focus on. And that's literally, that was, that, that was my path okay subhanallah so um i don't know I, d- I don't necessarily think that a lot of girls are just completely putting it on hold so they can finish their career and they can get you know to a director level or whatnot but yeah. well, subhanallah you know it, it, i think we need to kind of revert back and, and trust the creator in his timing for us in this timing for things because i think it's fantastic if the girls if the sisters um have something to focus on rather than going into these group gatherings and it just being a backbiting session and a look what she's wearing and I'm going to focus on my outfit and, and all of these other things, right? SubhanAllah. Yeah. Yeah. However,
0: like even with Allah's planning is the best planning, we all agree on that, Yeah. you still have to take uh, initiative yourself. Yep. You still have to go to events or go yep. around or try to yep. chat with people. And sometimes people have bad experiences with getting mm-hmm. to know someone who puts them off. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. want to go through that again. They got yeah. their heart broken, their yeah. family, someone disappointed them, mm-hmm. someone in the community. So they try to stay away from it because it's easier to stay away and not face the problem. So that's maybe sometimes why. Mm-hmm. But it's still a very common thing where sisters are career, career, career. Okay. Do you see uh, maybe like older sisters who pushed off marriage are maybe like less happy? Do you ever get those kind of encounters where people are like, you know, I'm, I don't know if i can get married or even have kids at this age right and i just focused on my career in my 20s and that
1: yeah i guess it depends where the focus is Because, you know, just as you can look at a woman or a girl that's really pursued her career and she's done well in her career, looking at, you know, maybe the fact that she doesn't have a family, she doesn't have children, you could very easily use that same uh, scenario for a woman that has gotten married very early, has a few children, has a husband and is looking back at her life going, oh, well, I never really got educated or I never really pursued my career and I feel like my cup is empty because of it. You know, I think it happens both both ways, you know, Perspective,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: okay, I was going to say, I think another thing that goes both ways as well, I wanted to get your opinion mm-hmm. of, is also, um you could say overachieving in a way, but then also setting maybe unrealistic high standard of mm-hmm. the person you're looking for. Yeah. Like, yes, we can be patient and like wait for the right person to come, but then, of course, you can't be doing that forever. Yeah. So... Do you get any people like this? Do you deal with any people that set these kind of unrealistic standards? Unrealistic
1: standards. Um, Look, I I think it's good to have standards and I think it's good to know um, what you (laughs) feel might be good for you. But ultimately, you know, I would never um, encourage a person to not meet with another, you know, bachelor or bachelorette ...because they don't meet these particular standards... ...because they in themselves might be exactly what you need... ...to be successful, subhanAllah, right? And, you know, we see this at times. Sometimes you see couples where you go... ...I would have never have matched him with her or, or her with him... ...but subhanAllah, they really make it work... ...and they complement each other, right? And so this is where the miracle of Allah's planning comes in, right? So I would, I would say if you get an opportunity to meet um, a particular sister go and meet the sister. There is no harm, right? Yeah. Because subhanAllah, Allah subhanAllah ta'ala, he's the controller of hearts. He might open your heart up to it and he might be something that's very blessed for you. Okay.
0: Yeah. How about you, Ali? Have you thought the same thing with uh, if you could have a curriculum or you could have a way to teach kids for a period of time? What's those things you'd want to teach young males?
2: Um, I think for, as a male, work ethic is very important, yeah. you know? Embracing hard work, um, embracing the grind, um, not not kind of succumbing when that comes their way, you know, not folding. Um, I mean, that comes from my sporting background. Um, look, uh, we're here for a purpose, you know, so DIN needs to be there, – there always, it always needs to come back to DIN as well, yeah? So I think uh, if I was to have a curriculum, you definitely have to have, you know, I mean, for me, I think you can almost uh, combine uh, teachings within the religion and health and fitness and training. You can always bring them together. There's a lot of examples. And me as an individual, I think people will resonate to that. You know, I, I got inspired more when I found Rasulullah wa was wrestled, yeah, and, uh, and, and his caliber of wrestling and then another companion, and another, comp- you know, so I was like, wow, this is, this is you know, for me that inspired me, that gave me another uh, injection of inspiration, mm. you know, so I think me as an in- individual, Ali Abdo, I think I definitely have, you know, uh, um, Islamic principles intertwined with uh, health, fitness, strength, yeah. work ethic.
0: With working hard, there's a big movement around like, work smart not hard it, 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 so but, still, but
2: still but still but still at first you have to work hard mm. nothing's going to come easy like if i if i if i want to if i want to sit back and relax and earn, for instance example of passive income and not work 40 hours a week there's a moment in time where i will have to work hard it's not going to just come out of thin air yeah so mm. and i think yeah definitely works i mean it's like wrestling yeah initially my first 10 15 years of I had to work hard, but now put me on the mat. I might not have the conditioning, but I got the efficiency, mm. yeah. So I don't have to work as hard, I don't have to work as hard as you who hasn't wrestled before, yeah. Mm. So
0: I think though, like maybe it's a male ego thing, but nine out of 10 guys you asked it, like I'm a hard worker, yes, guy. 100%. You know? And yeah. then, like, I see guys that go, like, I have a high pain tolerance, and then something happens, and I'm like. Obviously, you don't like. I'm not. A, I wouldn't even say I'm the most hardworking guy. I say I'm hard-working, but I know there's more hardworking people. Because, like, for example, you even in the morning workouts. Yep. That's something I say I want to do. Yes. And then I slack off and I go for that 9 a.m. workout. You yep. know what I mean? Like, I I know. I'm yeah, not but there's not.
2: There's no. There's no reason for you not to do it at nine. You know, there's no reason for you to wake up at maybe six to do it at six. For me, I I used to always train in the evening, but because my lifestyle changed, my responsibilities changed. Yeah, I'm forced to train six in the morning.
0: But even the idea that y- sticking to what you say you're going to do yes, that's what a that's what a hardworking yeah. man yeah. does. Yes. If you say you're going to do six a.m., yeah. why are you going to sleep every day after Fajr? Yes, yeah. That's that's yeah. literally yeah. like yeah. I being undisciplined, and yes. that's more yeah. of what it is. Discipline, yes. But it's that's yeah. what nine out of ten guys say. I'm a hardworking guy. And I, what are things you measure like hardworking? Is it like being in fitness, like being able to push yourself? Is that just Hard- every, a- every I, I, area?
2: Look, I mean, for me, for me, working hard or being a hard worker is, um, you know, commitment to my to my uh, exercise, for instance, um, and when I put in the work, and there's never, it's not always hard. Go, 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 go. Yeah, there's, you know, the the intensity f- uh, fluctuates, but I definitely put in the work. You know, if I've got one arm injured, I'm still gonna put in the work. Seventy five percent of my body is still able so i'm st- I'm still gonna put in the work here so um you know when it comes to work i'm gonna i'm gonna give my 100 percent within my work in my line of work you know um it's not always going to be 100 percent, but i have a duty of care you're
0: so always going to give it your all whatever you got it you're 100
2: percent. and it's not like oh i gotta give it my all you're gonna see me sweat you know in my line of work you know but in the gym i don't feel like i've worked if I'm not breaking a sweat, oh.
0: you know what I mean. Is that just for wrestling or in general? Any, anything, anything at the gym. Any,
2: anything. If I'm exercising, if the purpose is exercising, getting stronger, getting fitter.
0: And you're a big kettlebell guy, aren't
2: you? Uh look. No, nah, I go through phases. Like I like my kettlebells. I like okay. traditional exercise. I don't. I don't need any fancy kind of
0: equipment. So you're not uh, kettlebell or dumbbell for you? Like
2: me? Uh, if I had to choose one, yeah. I'd go kettlebell.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. More functional.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Better take you th- need take us to a workout. Oh, now. look, I'm not, no,
2: no. <laughs> I, I don't think I have the expertise when, in that domain, but
0: yeah. We can always learn one of oh, I'm too. sure I can learn
2: of you guys too, yeah. Inshallah, we'll say.
0: Hey, we're going to open the door for you. you uh. do <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will touch on one last thing, hopefully. Um, for sisters that want to take a step to improve um, their, but their spiritual, <laughs> physical, mental health, what are the steps you um, encourage them to do? Like some takeaway action steps, inshallah, for the sisters to benefit.
1: Sure. Um, I would um, I'd probably encourage them to make a sound intention. That's the biggest thing. Because once we make an intention, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitates and opens doors, right? And I think this, a lot of the times, is, is, is discounted. Make this intention and then go ahead and make a plan. And if they're in, in need of a mentor, and I'd encourage them, you know, to probably get one if, if this is actually what you're looking for. Um, you can knock on my door any day, inshallah.
0: Alhamdulillah. Where can yeah. the sisters find you? Uh,
1: the Muslim Mindset on Instagram. I've got a uh, website, um, um and Facebook, Kanina Fashik.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Jazakallah khayran. Jazakallah khayran. Well, thank you very much for both of you coming on the thank episode. So I think everyone uh, would have loved the episode and benefited a lot. We inshallah. really, really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Inshallah. And inshallah, we can have you guys on Again. Inshallah. Thank you very much. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. See you next week.